As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Very spooky. The sun is rising over this <laughs> spooky, sleepy girl's <laughs> apartment. I know, another early morning for you, Sabrina. It is. The light. And it's another gloomy morning in Boston. Oh, I kind of like so it. It's been jealous. raining. Thunderstorms. Oh, I want it's that great. so bad. I miss the thunderstorms. I hope when I come to see you in October, it is so spooky and stormy. I, well, I hope a little bit, but I also hope <laughs> it's not. I hope it storms like in the evening, yeah. but then during the day that it's nice so that you and I can explore and go around and go to all the haunted places. And after Campfire Stories a few weeks ago, now I'm like, we need to go to the Lizzie Borden house. We need to go to the Conjuring house. Like yes. there are things that you and I need to actually plan and get on our list. Let's do it. We've got to make the most of this. Yeah. I need to make a Halloween costume. <laughs> I know. I need to do that too. We actually should do like I a I don't know what we'll do. We'll just like walk around the streets of Boston in our Halloween costumes. Yes. A dream come true. <laughs> the dream. Just, uh, being character. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne. And Hi. I am Sabrina, and I'm so grateful for our, our lights because it makes me look way less sleepy. I know. It's Magic. really bright. We're waking up. Yeah. I put on my workout stuff to force myself to go on a little hot girl walk. Love it. I have our Two Girls, One Ghost hat on. I love it. I'm, I'm still in my pajamas, but no one needs to know that. I just put a sweatshirt well, over Now it. everybody knows. But no, who would know? It just looks like you're in comfy cozies, you know? Yes. But technically my pajamas are comfy cozies because I wore 
the same shirt I wore for recording a couple weeks ago to bed last oh. night. Actually, that's funny because I was looking back at our YouTube and I was like, oh, I think I do a pretty good job of wearing different outfits every single time. <laughs> and I was clicking and it was like every three, I was wearing the same one. No. I alternate between like three t-shirts the entire time. But I was thinking like, yeah, I, I, I think I'm debuting this shirt for the first time and I've worn it three times. It, you know what? It, we're bound to be outfit repeaters eventually. We like what we like. Yeah. And, and that's there's it. no shame in it. Yeah. No. This is an encounters episode, and so mm-hmm. we are going to read you your stories back to you, and it's the best thing in the world. We're going to have so much fun doing it. Uh, should I start? Sabrina, start us off. I will. Yes. Okay. Oh, I have one that's so good at the end. Okay. Well, they're both so good. Ooh, I'm excited. Okay. Ooh, this one's also Now I so kind of wish I started so you could do the other one last, but that's okay. That's okay. No, no, no. It's okay. Ah, well, do I want to start with the scary one or the nice one? I'm going to start with the nice one. Okay. It's the reverse of what I usually do. Yes. This is from Ending in Horror listener CR. And it's, oh, I'm not even going to tell you what the title is. Okay. Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. I love your show and have been binging it for a while, but barely made it past your encounters 55. This is back in like December of 2021. So I hope CR's still listening. Right. Almost a year more of episodes or time. One of your previous episodes discussed accurate predictions made by psychics. And I want to share how a psychic I met saw my guardian angels past, present, and into my future. I've changed the names. It was 2015. I was living in my hometown and had boomeranged back to living with my parents after a shitty breakup with my college boyfriend. I was working several jobs, one of them in an after-school theater program. My colleague and I were out at a karaoke bar where she introduced me to a friend of hers. Let's call her Carrie. Carrie was a psychic. I sat down at the bar next to Carrie when I was done with singing, and Carrie started giving me a reading, totally unprompted as we sipped our drinks. This is my dream. Oh, I wish. I know. know. Oh my gosh. This is what you and I always talk about Mm -hmm. wanting to happen to us. We just sit down. You're about to have your warm cup of tea, and someone just starts saying, hey, can, I tell, you can I tell you something? Yeah. Oh, man. Lucky. I also wish I had that ability. I think it's so cool. I think it's the most magical. Like people who are psychic and psychic mediums or anything in that realm, I'm just so in awe of. Okay. She could immediately tell that I had lost a friend to suicide a few years previous. She also told me that a young man who had passed with a name starting with the letter J was looking after me and was my guardian angel. She mentioned some specifics about a cousin of mine who was killed in Afghanistan more than a decade before, and I was absolutely floored. She told me that he was looking after me and that every close call I'd had, he was protecting me. Now, I'm a skeptic, or at least I was, because then came her prediction. At the time, I was planning to move to Chicago for professional theater pursuits. My then boyfriend had already moved there. Carrie told me, you are going to leave, you'll move away, and you'll meet someone. He is going to have a double initial. Oh, I said, thinking my then boyfriend's initials were MN. Close enough, right? I didn't Mm -hmm. even get my words out when Carrie said, it's not the guy you're seeing now. You're going to move away. You're going to break up with him. Sometime later, you will meet a tall, dark-haired man with a double initial like RR or SS. Me, not really believing this, said, okay, so I'm going to move to Chicago, break up with my boyfriend, and I'm going to meet Wally Walters. Carrie (laughs) looked at me and said, that's it. And I was like, I'm going to meet a guy named Wally Walters? And she said, no, no, but his initials will be WW. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> I love how she was just trying to be like, okay, this is dumb. Yeah, and then joke. ended up helping give yes. some clues, figuring it out. Carrie said, you two will have many happy years together. It will be very difficult, but you will be happy. And when you see him, you'll know. Yeah, right, I thought. But later that night, I got in my car to drive home. And I stared into the cold, foggy night of late Wisconsin winter. And I wondered if she was right. I moved to Chicago that June 2015. In December, I ended my relationship with MN. I dated someone named SS, who I seriously thought had real potential. Then, in October of 2016, I was sitting in the audience with a friend at an improv show that some of our other friends were performing in. A man, more than six feet tall with dark hair and glasses, came out on stage with his team. He had the most charming smile. And when his improv team finished their set, I leaned over to my friend and asked, who is the guy in the blue shirt? That's Will, she said. You should go for it. My friend pushed us together at the bar after the show, and we've been inseparable ever since. After our third date, I told my mom over the phone that I was pretty sure I'd just been out to the movies with my future husband. To say we've weathered difficulties, especially after 2020, is an understatement. Our wedding is this spring, and his initials are WW. (laughs) Wait, okay, so it already happened. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. But it I'm was like, this past spring. I know. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this she is so cute. When she saw him, I knew. Thanks so much for reading my story. I guess the moral is listen to your friendly neighborhood psychic when she gives you reading over gin and tonics. See you on the other side. CR. Wow. That is amazing. CR, but now potentially CW. CW? Yeah. Depends if if uh, the W was tempting enough to grab at the end. Yeah. Wally but, Walters. Wow. That is amazing. That is so cool. I know. Oh, it's so cool. I love that. And I think there's a lesson in here for you too, Sabrina. The lesson is CW, wait, no, CR. Oh my gosh, I'm confusing myself now. CR had a lot of close calls and didn't know potentially that there were close calls, but there yeah. was a guardian angel helping, or we say guardian angel, but there was there was some sort of spirit or protective mm. being that was interfering. So just because you don't have an obvious building collapse in front of you doesn't mean (laughs) that you're not being helped from the other side. Though if CR knew they were close calls, we'll have to ask for that specific. And also CR, did Carrie come to your wedding? Because I feel like that's an amazing full circle moment. And also, can you give us Carrie's information so we could get a reading from her? Yes. We want to we wanna speak to her. Yes. I'm also curious, now, now that you say, like, did, did she attend the wedding? I'm thinking about, like, what if a psychic that was that powerful and had basically assisted in the beginning of the relationship was the officiant? What would happen in that moment? I feel like there'd be so much powerful, like, I, I'm just picturing everybody glowing, like their aura is reaching out, or maybe the psychic just can't even get through the efficient speech and is just suddenly like possessed and is like, your first child's name will be Jimmy Bob. Like <laughs> going through the whole thing. It is a TV show. This is the show. It's the psychic officiant and it's, it's that's a Raven. It's a but procedural. Raven gets a job as the officiant. Yep. yep. <laughs> this is I'm wow. Here for it. That is amazing. <laughs> Truly awesome. I actually have a psychic's name that I screenshotted too. Oh. And you and I will have to test her out and see if if it's worth worth it to expose the contact to everybody else. But when I was at a wedding, a few – this is like – I have eight weddings to attend. So every weekend's going to be – last weekend when I was at a wedding, 
but there was a really close family friend. And I won't say it on the podcast because it was like told to me uh-huh. as a private experience, not like as a, oh, I have a cool ghost story or psychic experience to share okay. with you. Um, but this close family friend was like fully bawling as oh, she was telling me oh my gosh. about her experience with the psychic. And it was incredible. My jaw was on the floor. So I want to yeah. try this woman out and you too, Sabrina. Like, we'll see what, lo- what comes of it for us. I would love that um, to do an episode of that. Like we can also like record it and then decide if we want to share it. But mm-hmm. I think that would be really, really fascinating. I know. There's so much vulnerability in getting read yeah. live or not even live, but just like it being it being like fully recorded. Like when we had the reading with Conchetta Bertoldi, there were parts of the reading we where, you know, out. Yeah. we edited it out and you know it's not always just for us it's like for other people because readings involve other people it's not just entirely about you and sometimes you're like "Ooh, ooh, that's a bit of information that that that. person probably doesn't want out there creeps and crimes really makes made me want to do um the past life regression Mm -hmm. we gotta we gotta hear how there's i know can't wait yeah there's a lot for us to do what do you but in the meantime i have a ghost story for us the best the best okay okay this is from caleb good morning my name is caleb and i'm from what the hell happened to me i okay last encounters remember i had two emails from indiana uh-huh. this is also from indiana <laughs> I, i'm scared there's something weird is up with you that's like a weird coincidence something i know isn't it are you going three to in indiana a row anytime soon like no no, do you I don't want know. to now? You know what? This is titled "My Haunted Childhood Home," so maybe. Well, no, I was gonna say maybe it's maybe it was just me searching for like haunted houses because the other two mm. involved homes. But like, so does every email. Yeah, I don't know. That's Spooky. Weird. Okay. Okay. Maybe there's some message to be taking out of the stories you've read. Perhaps. Are you gonna buy a haunted I don't know. house, Corinne? In Indiana? Yeah, maybe. maybe. I've never been to Indiana before, so probably. So not. why not buy a haunted house there? <laughs> For all of us to go, it'll be, it'll be, remember when I had a breakdown because I couldn't be an Airbnb host, which is just like the most <laughs> random thing to cry about. Yes, yes, yes. Maybe this is where I buy the spooky this Airbnb for everybody to be in. There we go. Okay. Anywho, good morning. My name is Caleb and I'm from Indiana. <laughs> I grew up in a small town and the entire town has just an eerie vibe. Like the whole town just looks the same as it did back in the mid 1900s. That's cool. Wait, I want to go. This makes it sound cool. I imagine like cobblestone <laughs> streets and yeah, just like the the paint peeling off of the wood mm. window sills. Ugh, some like art. Deco. I know that everyone's like that looks bad, but I think it looks good. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Just a more rundown version, obviously. Well, I grew up in a house that was just as eerie. First of all, the previous owners had died in the house, so yay us. <laughs> But my mom, my dad, and I moved into the house in July of 2002, just a few months before my brother was born in September. We lived in that house from 2002 all the way to July of 2019, so a whole 17 years. But as a five-year-old kid, I only really experienced nightmares. Nothing was reoccurring, but there was one that I vividly remember, and I remember feeling deja vu from the very same dream later on. I was upstairs in the master bedroom, which was actually my bedroom at the time since my mother had knee issues, which was preventing her from using the stairs. But I was feeding my baby brother in the dream still, and I remember hearing footsteps coming up the stairs. 
I had a very horrible feeling, but I just figured it was my dad, so I called for him. And when he didn't answer, the footsteps stopped, and I went about my merry way. But not a few moments later, my brother looked up from his high chair and smiled and begun to laugh. Oh, my God. But that dreadful feeling came back, and when I looked up, there was a ghost in movie form, like a white sheet over a person type of ghost. But there was no person, just a white sheet like substance, staring at me with empty eyes. And before I knew it, whatever it was threw me from where I was sitting all the way across the room and into my bed. When I looked back, it was gone, as was my brother. Wait, threw I remember yelling, Caleb across the room into yes. their bed? Well, this is – remember, this is still a dream. Okay, I know, but still. But still. It's a very threatening move to make in the dream yeah. world. I mean, that's probably Caleb's astral self getting thrown. Oh, like, it's still oh. a fight, a physical fight. Okay. I remember yelling for my parents, but it was a dream, so no one heard me clearly. So I got up and I started walking towards my bedroom door, and right outside my bedroom door is a stairway to downstairs and another bedroom right across the hall. I could hear my brother laughing, but I could not find him. So finally, I was able to find him in one of the three closets in that bedroom. The figure was still there, holding him, and I demanded it to give him back to me, otherwise my parents were going to be very upset with me. (laughs) Good argument. It shrieked into my ears and then flung me clear back to the bed. Only this time, the blanket swirled me into a ball and clung onto me tightly. This is when I woke up in the dark. So about four years later, my mom and dad told my brother and I that we were going to have a little sister to look after. As excited as I was, I noticed my brother was not very happy as he wanted to be the younger brother like, like I did. So in order to cheer him up, we went upstairs and we played on the PlayStation, and that is when I heard it. Those distinct footsteps pounding to the top. Me and my brother both heard them, and we started yelling for my mom, but she did not respond. We both felt this dread that I had only felt in the dream before. Once we heard the footsteps right outside of our door, the feeling went away almost instantly, as if whatever it was wanted us to know that it was there, but that was it. My brother had no idea about my dream, as I never told anybody because I was a big boy. (laughs) Well, and at that instant, my brother turned to me and asked me if this was the same woman from my dream. I asked him what he was talking about, and he said the old lady that used to live here used to take him into the closet (gasps) in his current room and just sing him to sleep. (laughs) And that she didn't like me because I was sleeping where she took her final breaths. This gives me chills to this day. So was that a dream or was it reality? And I just couldn't distinguish it. Oh my God. My brother never seemed frightened of the entity, but it definitely looked scary to me. I have plenty more stories I want to share, but I don't want to put them all out in one email. How exciting is that? (sighs) Keep you guys on edge and I will try to find (laughs) some more in the future. I love your podcast and I just became a frequent listener. Keep up the scary tales and you, as you both say, we will see you on the other side. And this is from Caleb. Caleb. Okay, Corinne, I think you're right. It was Caleb's astral self. And maybe Caleb was like dream protecting astral self trying to protect his brother. Right? Right, because if it were actually his physical body, you would think that there'd be some some Wounds. physical markings on him when he wakes up based on how extreme oh my God. the threat – like he was tossed across the room twice. Twice. Chills. Chills. Oh, my God. Just tripping. I, I stubbed my toe and I broke it for two months. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be thrown across the room and not have any physical indication when you wake up. But yeah. So, yeah, it probably was his astral self, which is 
But, but for his younger <sighs> brother to be like, she used to take me in the closet. I'm which is like, was that him physically or was that his astral self I too? Think like that's I have so many questions physically. about. Yeah, that's kind of what it sounds like, right? I'm so curious how his their parents never experienced any of that. Like maybe they did though. Maybe they did. We it was just Caleb, like a different version where they we were like, "We need to find out from your parents." And also, like, right? how rude of this woman. I get like that these people passed away in that house, but like this is a tiny little child sleeping in the room that you passed away in. Like that's not his fault. Don't be mad at him. Right. I know. I know. And I do wonder too. Now I'm, this is such a, I'm visualizing what would happen with this, this spirit picking up the little brother and carrying him because I'm thinking of when Caleb had been thrown and then looked up and the woman and his brother was gone. And if it was his physical, like his little brother in physical state, not astral state, mm -hmm. imagine how scary that is to get whooshed at the speed of light out of the room and into another room no. and closet. Nope. Mm-mm. That's I, almost where I'm like, I hope it's the astral being and you could just kind of like zoom through the yeah, walls real so. fast or like blip over. Damn. Also the fact that, okay, it definitely was the astral self. It had to be. Because Caleb's little brother said something about the woman from the dream. So right. the little brother knew that it was Caleb's dream. So the little brother must have also known that it was his own dreams. Well, it was just like this dream state that they live in. Well, I almost feel like the way I was interpreting it was that Caleb's little brother was a, like awake, that the spirit of the woman was fully taking his full life body, physical form into the closet, singing to him and telling him that he didn't like, that she did not like Caleb. And I imagine that she said something of like, he's trying to like protect you from the dream. I'm like going to stop him or something like that. Oh, oh, or... What if adding on to that, I mean, like Caleb's little brother saw him. So maybe Caleb's brother knew that Caleb was dreaming mm. because he saw both Caleb's physical body laying down, sleeping, and his astral body being thrown around by this woman. I am also so curious at how old Caleb's little brother was when he was being brought in the closet and how he, right. the fact that he remembered it a couple of years later when the news of their sister coming came. Yeah. And the woman did that all the time. And then what I happened do wonder with how the their couple sister? died. Oh, yeah. Right? Caleb, we have questions. Lots of questions. Caleb. Well, Caleb has a lot of emails. Yeah. So just giving us the teasers. Chapter one I of Caleb's it. ghost stories. This I is what it. we just read. Okay. This is my. I'm literally going to my email right now and looking at the other one I picked to make sure it's not from Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Not that I'm seeing right now. So I'll, I'll be surprised. Maybe it's buried somewhere within here. Oh my gosh. But, okay. All right. This is the spooky one, the scary one. Yes. Okay. It is called Annabelle Doll, Dead Man, Child Seance. This story has it all. <laughs> what a title. Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. My name is Isabel. She, her. I have a long but wild story for y'all, and I hope you'll read it on the podcast one day. Well, here we are, Isabel. My grandmas lived in an old Victorian house with a bell tower attic and everything on a giant empty piece of land on the side of a highway. There was so much room to play and an old barn on the property. And when I was around eight, me and a few of my cousins, we were playing the gauntlet game, a game where you force the younger kids to run back and forth in the field while you peg them with crab apples until only one is left standing. <laughs> I don't even know why it's called the gauntlet game. This is... This is dodgeball, but where the older kids just get to peg little kids with crab apples. <laughs> that is so funny. 
<laughs> I'm glad I never played that game. Yeah, she goes, not relevant, but a fun, wholesome game. <laughs> wholesome? <laughs> it's like, that's okay. We grew up playing Red Rover where everybody yeah, got Red their Rover arms broken. Also violent. It was outlawed in our teens. Yeah. Okay, Isabel says, everyone was injured or tuckered out, so we decided to go in for a snack. <laughs> To get back to the house, we had to pass the old barn, and it was being cleared out at the time, so all of the doors were thrown open. As we passed the basement door of the barn, we glanced in at a pile of trash and old junk that was in there. Balanced on top of it was an old mattress, and on top of the mattress was an old man. He was slumped over and looked dead, but he had this weird, almost see-through look to him. We all naturally freaked out and decided the best way to determine if this was an intruder or a ghost was to fight him. <laughs> do you have the fight or do you have the flight? Clearly it's the fight. I mean, they just came from a violent game. They are ready to right. L- listen, they she Isabel says, so we all picked up rocks, bricks, or shards of glass that were lying around. This it where do you live? This sounds like the most dangerous place for children to just be running amok. This is also like shards of glass. And then she says, we started screaming and pelting our ammo at this guy. Can you tell we like to throw things at people? My thing is, if this is a real person, this is, I mean, granted, it's an intruder, so I guess fine. But I'm just imagining like a bunch of little kids like, ah, truly, truly, it's chaos. Chaos. It's reminding me. Yeah. It's It's yeah. There's so many callbacks to like old movies of, you know, like kid gangs, seven-year-olds, just, just the packs running through the neighborhoods. I feel like this is something chaos. that would come in like a Wes Anderson movie, like Moonlight Kingdom or something. Right. Oh, yeah, totally. Even like the Goonies. Yeah. Yes. Same okay. story, different font. All of them. Everything went right through him and smashed into the back wall of the barn, though. Nothing like our solid hits at each other in the gauntlet. So we all took off screaming. When we got back to the house, we locked all the doors and tried to warn the adults, but no one believed us. So we took matters into our own hands. We knew we had seen a ghost. So we decided, let's have a seance to figure out if he was friend or foe. We gathered around the table with dragons painted on it because those were our spirit guides in the house and held hands. We found out that the ghost we had seen was evil and his name was Mario. But that would be okay because a good spirit named frickin' Luigi, of course, was protecting the house. We were very clearly very creative with these names. Feeling better, we went upstairs to play. As I mentioned, the house has a bell tower and there's also an attic. We weren't supposed to go up there because the stairs were unsafe and there was a lot of loose fiberglass insulation, but we were determined to have another adventure. To get up there, you open a door, and right on the other side is a staircase. No landing or even room to stand, just stairs smack you in your face going up a super steep angle for quite a while. Well, when I opened the door, something fell on me. Two child-sized dolls. Ooh. And they were- Child-sized? Yeah, like big. And they were a Raggedy Ann and a Raggedy Andy, like a giant version of the freaking Annabelle doll. Giant version. Oh. Well, they, the actual Annabelle doll was a giant version but of Raggedy I think Ann. this is like even bigger. Wow. They just fell out of nowhere. I thought maybe an older cousin had played a prank or a parent left a mean warning, but there was nowhere to rest those things where you could have let them fall from above the doorframe. You couldn't even- So they leapt out of the doorframe onto her. You couldn't even lean them up against the stairs to get the door closed. Again, we promptly left screaming. The thing is, 
none of us owned those dolls. And when we asked around, none of our aunts or uncles remembered ever seeing them. After that day, I never saw them again. I don't know how that man ghost and the creepy ass dolls are connected, but I refuse to sleep in the room by the attic for the rest of that summer. And I'm now very wary of Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy, as we all should be. I hope you um, enjoyed this and got a scare half as bad as the one that gave me that day. Toodles, Isabel, she, her. I mean, as well, it's it's like what was experienced is so terrifying, but the way Isabel describes their group going about life, it's also, it's such comedic relief. It's so, so endearing. Like cracking up, but also like, yeah, if we experience that, that would be horrifying. And not only are you experiencing that, there's seven other witnesses. Yeah. You know? So many people. It, it Which does weird. make it harder for parents to believe kids when everybody's like, we all saw this thing. I'm so – okay, I have like a bunch of thoughts. The the old man mm-hmm. like laying – looking dead on the mattress. I'm curious if when they attacked with their ammo, did he look at them? Was he – like was he just continuing to lay there because there's – a version of it where it's like residual or something where he he's not aware of the fact that he's interacting in this world, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. And then secondly, how the heck did those dolls get there? If they could not replicate closing the door with them back there in any way, like it feels like they just like popped out of a portal when the door opened. And no one knew whose dolls they were. And they were never how they seen got again. There. Right. That is really creepy. Oh, I hate that. It makes me think they live in the walls. Oh, oh. I also want to see this house because it sounds so fascinating. An old Victorian right. house with an old barn off the side of a highway with like tons and tons it of does, yard. Well, I mean, it sounds like the majority of the places in Vermont. <laughs> so yeah. Maybe okay. it's there. Well. Yeah. I do wonder though, like if if this family no longer lives in the house, did someone else come? And oh. if we were to go to said house and knock on the door and say – if I say Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy, what comes to mind? Would there suddenly be... Oh my gosh, could you imagine? Another experience. Like, that would be wild if the spirits that haunt that house are these life-sized doll Raggedy Anns. Yikes. No, it's so you. creepy. It's so creepy. No, thank you. Dolls are creepy enough. But they don't have to come to life and then disappear and never be seen again. Yeah, so. I would prefer not. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Okay. Speaking of, I actually Here don't is, know where our doll is, the one that we've been hiding for each other. Your creepy dolly? I'm going to have to find her. Right. Here, oh, dolly dolly. Does that, mean, does that mean Nick hit it? No. I, is it your turn to get scared? When, when we were on vacation, a couple of our friends, I think, pranked each other with it while, like in our apartment while we were gone. So it, I don't know, it might be. Sisterhood of the traveling scary yes, dolly. Yes. <laughs> Everyone has joined the. Uh, Everyone takes a turn. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay, this is called Really Scary and Weird Experiences with Scary Things. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I was just like, that. this is filled with scariness. <laughs> okay. Hey, gals, I emailed you before about my scary experiences that I had growing up with my twin sister while we were living with our grandpa, RIP. Well, I have some really creepy stories that my best friend Emily told me. I asked her if I can submit them to y'all, and she said, yes. I just introduced her to the podcast, and she's in love. Anywho, uh-huh. let's get started. I love it. The pyramid scheme is working. Love it. And you, if you're someone who will type up an email over your mom, your friend, your partner, do it on behalf of them with their permission and send it to us. Absolutely. 
This first story is about the time she played with a Ouija board with some of our old friends. I honestly forgot who was all there, but I do know one person who was Claire because it happened at Claire's house. So this happened about two to three years ago. Emily spent the night at Claire's, you know, having a sleepover and all. And they did the usual small town thing and puffed on the giggle bush. (laughs) (laughs) What? Wait a second. We're from a small hippie town in Indiana. I kid you not. Are you sure you didn't search Indiana? I must have at some point. I must have. But that's weird. Here's the thing. We have them and we each like grab emails and we put them in folders. It'll say like Corinne's picks, Sabrina's picks. I'm so, so there's a shit ton in here. And then I just randomly picked two out to read. So it's really weird that it went two and two, Indiana, Indiana, out of all the emails in the folder. Indiana's just like really creepy. We have a lot of listeners from there. This was unintentionally two encounters themed Indiana. Wow. So. Okay. Congrats, Indiana. I am I really do. I know I'm getting a feeling that there's some weird message about Indiana for you. Are we being pulled there? I don't know. Weird. Or I maybe must have searched Indiana at some I point, don't know. but I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'm not. never going to go. Did you forget to wear <laughs> your ring too? I did. It's because it's early. We're I not know, used to it. To put it back on. Are we both ringless? I know. And then I was like, oh, I should go grab it. I'm I like, swell you know so much at night and now, so I've been taking it off yes. when I go to bed. Right. Well, we're ringless. But whatever. (laughs) Okay. They did the usual small town thing and puffed on the giggle bush. I can't say that without giggling. Okay. So getting bored, Claire said, I have a Ouija board. Let's play. And Emily agreed. Now, a little info about Emily, Emmy. She comes from a religious family. Church every Sunday, and she wears her gold chain to cross everywhere. So doing things like smoking and playing the Ouija board is something fun and different to do. So they played and they played, and eventually they got someone named Sam. Sam was nice in answering some questions. Everything was normal. For Emmy, it was the best experience. However, they got tired and they went to bed. (laughs) They wrote, ooh, spooky. (laughs) (laughs) The night had fallen. They got into bed. Setting the mood. Spooky. Emmy and Claire started to go to bed and they turned off the lights and whatnot. They laid next to each other in the dark talking about the upcoming school year, and that's when Claire's cat, Kitty, started hissing, like hissing. And I know Kitty personally, and she's not aggressive whatsoever. And Kitty is also really old and kind of fat, lol, so for her to hiss was a lot of energy for her. (laughs) Kitty was hissing at the shelf that was up on the wall, and Emmy started getting scared and asked Claire to calm Kitty down. And Claire went to pick up Kitty, and everything on the shelf flew across the effing room. Emmy and Claire screamed and Kitty started crying like as if something was hurting her. Finally, Claire's mom came up from downstairs and asked what the hell's going on and the girls confessed to playing with the Ouija board and what had happened. And Dana, Claire's mom, literally said, Sam, if this is you, fuck off and go to bed. Who's Sam? Sam is the person that came through the Ouija board. Oh. Nothing else happened after that, but I spent all summer of 2018 at Claire's house and nothing weird ever happened. Emmy still shakes when she tells the story, but we still play with the Ouija board. No. <laughs> no, no. You learned nothing. Wait, okay, but the fact that the, that the mom knew about Sam. I know. I was thinking the same thing, but I think it was – I think they told the mom about what was happening. Oh, oh, oh. And about the experience, and she was just, like, putting her foot down. Okay, like, okay. knock it off. I was like, what information does she have? Yeah. I mean, I don't – listen, did they close out the Ouija board? I don't um, know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I do wonder what happens 
If you use a Ouija board and you make contact with a spirit that already exists in your house and you close out the spirit board, it doesn't mean that they, like, I just want to know the difference between like what spirits can stay and what spirits yeah. can't once you close out a Ouija board. That's interesting. Because some are already there to begin with. You're very true. Very right. That's very true. You're <laughs> very right. What? It's okay. I've been fumbling over words too. Yeah, I am. Neither of us have the brain cell this no. morning. <laughs> no. It's the ghost has it. <laughs> the ghost fan. Give it back. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for reading this. Stay spooky and we'll see you on the other side. Love, V and Emmy. You bring up a good question about like how do spirits, like when you play with a Ouija board and you close it, Yeah, how does it distinguish between like who can stay and who can't? Right. I Yeah, it's so confusing because people are like, oh, to use the Ouija board correctly, you just close it out. And then you basically are like protecting your space and forbidding those right. that you just made contact with from communicating with you any longer. But- how would that affect anybody who's already been there? And then yeah. and then how does that do any like that's such a weird distinction. It's like, okay, everybody get in line. They're closing out the board. Those who were here we all get, get in the right line. Those who in. weren't get in the left line. You're going down the portal. Like yeah, I don't know. That's so strange. We'll have to wait until we're on the other side to find out the answer to that one, I think. I know. It's, or maybe uh, I just wish knows. we all had right. We'll we'll dabble more in in getting psychic mm-hmm. readings this next year. Yes. But I do wish we had the answers, you know, and it's like one of those things where I'm like, oh, we should ask someone who, who knows or someone who's an expert. But at the same time, it's like, we're all dabbling in the unknown and what someone might know is like the absolute truth and reality and what they were told by their spirit guides or in their experiences might be completely different 10 miles down the road. Like we just don't know. Yeah. And yeah, we don't know. And also like, why was Sam so aggressive? It sounded like they had a good experience during the com- like communicating with Sam. Right. So why was Sam then like, I don't know. And then I need clarification. Like, did Claire's mom know Sam or did, or was it just because they had told Claire's yeah. mom about the experience? Right. Like, is Sam a resident ghost? Yeah. We don't know. Like, I'm imagining like Claire's mom has been dealing with Sam for a very long time and was just like, Sam, not again. Stop it. Stop it. I do wonder, though, if Sam wasn't meaning to be aggressive, but mm-hmm. was just like, oh, I'm going to be – I'm in a little silly, goofy mood, and everybody's having a sleepover, and I'm just going to, you know, like, fuck some shit up. Like, just went a little bit too far with the pranks and really scared the cat. The poor cat. Or, like, it's, like, one of those things where, like, you know, animals that don't know you yeah. will freak out. Like, a lot of them are timid. Not everybody's like, I'm a baby. Pick me up. <laughs> so, like, what if – he was just like, oh, I'm going to go pick up the cat or like put the cat on my lap or something. I'm just trying to think of experiences or or situations where Sam isn't just like the most horrifying yeah. creature that ever did walk past this poor right. kitten's path. And I'm curious what they talked about with the Ouija board. Like what was so great about the experience? What did they learn? What did they find out? We, mm-hmm. we have follow-up questions mm-hmm. to ask. We do. I mean. Let's ask them. They said we have not stopped playing with Ouija boards. So <laughs> we will be following up. Tell us, tell us. Tell us everything. And all of you, tell us your ghost stories. Email them to us at twogirlsoneghostpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we will continue to read them on Encounters episodes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a variety of ways to support the podcast. You can rate and review on iTunes. That helps bump up all of your favorite podcasts on the charts and helps other people find them. So do that for us. Do that for everybody else. Just take five minutes. Grab your little coffee, your hot water, (laughs) do whatever. You in your TGOG mug because you have our on merch your, too. Go on your hot girl walk and like on your phone, type in a review. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
Yeah, please do. That'd be awesome. While you're at it, follow us on social media and join our pyramid scheme. Join our Patreon. We have live streams every month. We have bonus content, ad-free episodes. So discounts on merch, early yeah. access to live show tickets. There's the stuff things. happening. Lots of things. All happening. the things. Yeah. Um, thank you to our editors at Upfire Digital, Aiden Manning, Eric Foster, and Max Lodian. We're so grateful for you all. And uh, yeah, they help us with the you. TikToks. They help us with the YouTube. So you yes. can watch us. If you happen to be listening to us, you can watch us too. Yes. And we do hope that we get to see you on this side. But if we do not, we will see you on the other side. Very spooky. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.